0: Hey, I'm Nick Von Brack, and this is The Record Podcast. Thanks for checking out this episode. Thanks for all the new listeners. Uh, Last week's episode was with my buddy Kurt Travis, the former singer of A Lot Like Birds and Dance Gavin Dance. And I uh, expected it to be a good episode and, you know, some people to check it out. But what happened blew my expectations away because uh, in the span of a week, over almost 600 of you listen to that episode, and that is incredible, uh, especially in the landscape of how many people have listened to these episodes. It's been great so far, and I've been very pleased. And this one just blew all that away. So, thank you for all, uh, thank you all for checking that out. And for all the new listeners, uh, thanks for jumping on this thing. Um, if you're new to this episode, what I do here is interview musicians and, uh, you know, people in bands, people in the music industry, about their history, what it's like working in this field, and a lot of other random tangents that we get into. But uh, we've had a lot of good interviews so far. Uh, Make sure to check out past episodes. um, And future ones coming up are very exciting as well. I don't want to tease too much. I want uh, you guys to just check it out week to week, but um, definitely some very cool stuff coming up. Uh, But for this week, we can talk about contest winners. So this last week I did a contest for the Esk Records Prize Pack, and Esk Records is the record label that Kurt of the last episode owns, so we teamed up to give away a nice little mystery prize pack. And the winner of that is Allie Burns, or at Ally Burns Music on Twitter. Thank you all for doing cool stuff for that contest, and I will get Ally in touch with Kurt and we'll ship you out a cool little prize pack to get. Alright, this week's guest is my buddy Goose. He is the current drummer of Norma Jean, and he used to drum for the band Fear Before the March of Flames. And that's actually how we met. We toured together on the Stay Weird tour, which was Dr. Manhattan, Heavy Heavy Low Low, and Fear Before the March of Flames. And we talk about that. Um, It was one of our favorite tours as a band to be on. It was incredible. A lot of house parties, a lot of Random places for shows and a lot of fun, a lot of laughs. We get into a lot. We get into that tour. We talk about the way he started music growing up in Salt Lake City, uh, being in new metal bands, um, Hurricane Dane, Fear Before the March of Flames, Norma Jean, um, recording the new Norma Jean album which will be out some point this year hopefully and a ton more. And you can check out Norma Jean coming up this Monday, the 28th they're playing the Beat Kitchen. So make sure to go downtown and check out that show. That'll be a good one. Uh, some other good shows to check out. Uh, this Friday, you can go see Chan, Polyphia, and Strawberry Girls at the Bottom Lounge. I'm going to be going to that show with a buddy of mine. So that should be a good one. And another good one coming up in April, April 2nd. Murder by Death is playing the Metro. And that's a Saturday. So if I was in town, I would be going to that show. My wife is a huge fan of them, and I'm a big fan as well. But since I'm not, you have to go in my absence. That'll be a great venue to see them in. So make sure to go check out Norma Jean at the Beat Kitchen on the 28th in honor of today's guest. So, in honor of him, let's go to him. This is Goose. Yeah. What's oh, up, dude? How are you doing? Good to see that face. <laughs> freshly showered
1: for you. I can't say that I'm <laughs> freshly <laughs> showered at all. That's I okay. Think it's Been about a week.
0: <laughs> well, really, I could have just been lying since you can't really see dirt over Skype. Well, I don't know. The cameras are pretty <laughs> HD now, so. All right, hold on, hold on one sec. Let me see something. Cool. Can you can you hear me all all well?
1: Yeah. Okay. I hear you so you got the uh what what do they call the slap ass creation paintings in the background,
0: oh yeah, do you know about slap ass
1: yeah uh that dude came to our show last time uh we played house of Blues. oh yeah, he
0: came with the me yeah. yeah I forgot about that i uh um I, I remember i remember he came with, but I didn't remember that like we even got into the whole slap ass thing,
1: yeah, uh he actually like made a uh picture out of my grandma like wearing these <laughs> like my grandma it was at christmas time and i got like this hat that has like a moose horns or something yeah and she was wearing it and it, he made like a, a drawing out of it
0: that's awesome you know what that now that you say that that does sound familiar
1: yeah he's <laughs> actually sending me some pictures he just he just messaged me on a uh, instagram
0: oh really nice
1: yesterday and he's like hey I got some of these stickers, and it was inspired by your grandma. So I was wearing it. <laughs> if, if you want me to send you some, I was like, "Yeah, that sounds great."
0: That's so weird for me. My worlds colliding. That's that's my <laughs> buddy I've like known since fifth grade. So it's so it's so uh, it, it it pleases me to hear that the the worlds are smashing together like that.
1: Well, that's awesome. <laughs> that's
0: cool. So where where are you at in the world? I'm in Salt Lake City. Right okay, now. so you're you're at the home base.
1: Yeah, I'm at my mom's house. Oh, nice. How's mom doing? She's good. She's about to go on a date. Okay. There's my dog. Uh, what's your dog's name? Father? Yeah, his name's Father.
0: <laughs> How did you come to that name? It's a great name for a dog.
1: Well, I don't know. Like, before I got him, my friend, Carl, uh, well, is it okay to say some profanity? Absolutely. Well, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> my friend, Father... I mean, my friend. He's your friend too. (laughs) I mean, he's not my father, but uh, I I don't know if he would be a very good father. But uh, (laughs) he was at the bar, and he was just like drunk as hell, and he was just like, "Dude, sometimes when you get older, you just have to compare your penis with your father's." He's like, (laughs) he's like, you're sitting there in the in the book room, and you're like, "Father, I'm in the study." (laughs) <laughs> and I just like, and he kept saying it like that, like, father. Yeah. And so I was like, I'm like, that's kind of funny. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, what if I named my dog father? Because <laughs> when he's in, like, if, if he's like in the backyard and I like yell at the door, like, father, <laughs> like stop it. <laughs> or something like, or like if my neighbor hears me like, babe, father, shit all over the stairs. <laughs> Or like we have to clean up father's poop in the backyard, like just if anybody like heard us like talking. Sure. Like perfect, perfect comedy setup. They'd be like, "What is happening over there? Like, why is there a dad like eating a loaf of bread and shitting on the floor?"
0: (laughs) I mean, it's it's pretty believable. I mean, you know, depending how senile the dad is, I mean, (laughs) (laughs) I've always I've always made some kind of joke or always been in groups that made jokes about yeah having having. You have a kid and you name it dad or, you know, uncle or something just to <laughs> just to weird people out and confuse them. And yeah. the the way it's going these days, I wouldn't be surprised if like by the time my daughter's in school, she's in class with uh, a, a girl named mom or something.
1: Yeah, totally. <laughs> I mean, that's what, that's what we would want to do.
0: <laughs> that's what I'm hoping for. It's why I did any of this, really, just for some comedic value. <laughs> so you guys, you you are like fresh off a recording, right?
1: Yeah, just got done, and now I'm back home. Just barely finished.
0: Nice. And how'd that all go? the The pictures I saw looked beautiful. That that place.
1: Yeah, it was amazing. It was beautiful. Like it was. It was like one of the best experiences of my life. Just like the sound of that room is amazing. You don't have to put any effects, like no reverb effects. Like my producer like played it back and he's just like i'm like did you put like some <laughs> reverb on that or something he's like that's the sound of the room that's there's awesome no, there's no reverb i'm like that sounds perfect yeah. Don't put anything on it like, yeah just leave it like that mm-hmm. but um it was beautiful it was actually the last studio that the person who, who built Prince's studios, it was the last studio that he'd ever built. <laughs> wow. So it was like his masterpiece. Like he mm-hmm. he wanted to do it like the best studio he's ever done. So What's it called? It's called Pachyderm. Okay. And it's, it's out in the middle of the woods in Minnesota. And That's it's like, awesome. It's next to this small town, but it's like outside of this small town. So you kind of have to like, you have to stock up. Yeah, groceries, and you kind of just out in the middle, kind of camping in a big mansion. That's awesome.
0: That sounds like the best scenario.
1: Yeah, and there's like every morning there's like turkeys that march across the yard, and like there's deer, and like a bunch of like cat tracks and stuff. That's awesome. Yeah, so, it was really cool. How long were you there for? Um, just a little under a month, by a few days.
2: Yeah,
1: I actually. I booked my ticket on the 7th to leave. And I didn't know that our last day was the 5th. So I had to get a hotel. Oh. Downtown Minneapolis. <laughs> me, me and my bass player, because he's from here too. Okay. And uh, we ended up going to a bar and meeting some locals. And yeah. I don't know how we ended up over at their house, but... Uh, <laughs> We ended up having a sleepover.
0: That's awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, some that, friends. Yeah, I mean, you're you're already set for that by touring and being in bands all the time. You're just constantly getting used to being friends with strangers and being like, "Oh, going to sleep on your floor?" Like, it's not that crazy to assume yeah. that you
1: could do that. And I woke up and I'm like, "How did we end up over here? Where <laughs> are? We? Who gave us the ride here?"
0: <laughs> did you did you end up? Whenever I think of Minneapolis, I just only ever think of the Triple Rock. Did you did you
1: end up there? Uh, we went we went over there to eat, and it was closed. Ah,
0: uh, so that's what I would have done. I would have go there. I would have gone there to eat. That's a bummer. Is it closed like closed up, or just it was closed for the day?
1: It was just closed for the day. Oh, okay. I don't know what was going on, but it looked like some people had just played a show, and then they were unloading their stuff. But the the bar was closed. I don't know why. That's a bummer. There's
0: such good food there.
1: Yeah. But uh, we actually ended up in Uptown, is what the area is called. It okay, was like, like a cool, like little hipster spot. But cool. Um, yeah, it was had a quite quite the weird time. <laughs> we ended up staying all up all night and just like listening to music and making stuff out of play doh and <laughs> getting to know each other and just being weird. That's was, awesome. And it was way cool. <laughs> I mean, it's weird, yeah. like us, like when uh, yeah. when when we were on tour and doing just fun, weird things. Right.
0: So you're, you're back in, in Salt Lake city. (laughs) And and actually when I was thinking of questions I wanted to ask you, I wanted to talk to you about Salt Lake city anyways, because for some reason I have, I mean, it's not like, you know, I know hundreds of people from there, but between you and like, there's like, there's like a little solid music community that I've run into so many different people that come from there. And you all know, it's not even that I've met you all, you all know each other, like, you Mm -hmm. know, you know, Dan and, you know, Ryan Seaman and, you know, Dan from uh, Get Scared. He was in In Aviate. Like mm-hmm. all the, all these guys I would meet separately and I'd be like, oh, I don't even know. It would get brought up. You would all just be like, yeah, I know him. I knew him. We played jazz. Like, yeah. it's like such these a tight. all my friends. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a, like Salt Lake City just sounds like Chicago, like a giant city. But like the music community there seems so tiny and like tight knit. Like it's anytime yeah. I feel like I've met someone from there, they all already know each other and have
1: history. It's actually weird when I meet somebody who's a mu- musician that I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm like, Wait, how did I know, not know that you existed? That's weird.
0: <laughs> is that like, is that what, I guess I never knew that that was what that town was known for. Like, has that always been a thing or just you play enough there and you just start to know everyone?
1: I mean, for what I know, like growing up, that was like, that was a thing. Like we all got this tattoo called the Broship that you... <laughs> I think you'd probably seen it on tour. I think yeah, uh, I've heard. I remember hearing about it. I think Adam and Dave got one. Yeah, but uh, it was just it started out as like that tattoo was like all of our friends that grew up in this neighborhood called West Valley. It's like twenty minutes outside of the city. Mm -hmm. Uh, We all got it because when we started going on tour, we would meet people in these other places, and then we like started to expand out even more. And like, there's these there's these waves that go across, uh, like the boat that's that's tattooed, and yeah. they're supposed to represent like each like city carrying you on to the next. And so like, uh, like everybody that we would meet like outside of town would would get the bro ship, and like it was just like this big like crew. Like, yeah, we're gonna help you out when you come here. We'll help you out. We'll book shows here. It's awesome. It was just like sort of like this little music gang that we had. And then like everybody who is musicians from Salt Lake, like they all got it. And it's just like, I, I don't know. It, Salt Lake has just always been a music place for me. Like I can go jam with tons of different people and yeah, it's, I don't know. That's all, that's all I really know about it besides yeah, the Mormon thing.
0: <laughs> that and the Mormon thing. <laughs> Well, and besides, besides the fact that it's like beautiful there, like just turn you turn over turn a corner into giant mountains and yeah, such such a cool little area, such a cool uh, looking area. Yeah,
1: I love I love the landscape here and like you can drive a half hour, go hiking, go cliff jumping, go river rafting, can float on the lake. Like it's just it's beautiful. And, like, yeah, mountains are so close. You don't need to go on a trip to go anywhere sure
0: yeah and especially all the places you see on tour like it's i I would think it's pretty hard to compare to that i mean it's pretty much got everything aside from the fact when when can you not buy alcohol (laughs) when does that (laughs) stop uh i
1: think you can buy alcohol well you can buy alcohol in the grocery store until or not the grocery store the gas station until two i think oh okay or until one and then uh a.m. Liquor- or p.m. a.m. <laughs> see that's not so bad I, then. I think that's right i don't know i don't that's when the bars close okay but uh, but, uh and then they're they're open till two and people can stay there get sober or whatever but <laughs> uh gas stations yeah they sell till one i think i think that's right and then uh liquor stores are closed you can't buy liquor Anywhere but the liquor store. So if you want like hard alcohol, you have to go to the liquor store. I think they're only open till 10 at night. Okay. And they're closed Sundays. So.
0: And it's what the the other funny connection, and it's a pretty obvious one to people who are in, you know, that genre or ones around it, is the movie SLC Punk. Like growing up watching that and being like, what is this world? And then (laughs) it's also based around, you know, Salt Lake City. Yeah. Does that? Um, what, what did did you have a, any? I mean, I, don't, I would I would feel it'd be one way or the other. You like wouldn't give a shit about that movie, or like that'd be one that you watched a lot.
1: Uh, I love that movie. Yeah. I think it's I think it's put together really well. Like the guy who made it, I think is he did a really good job on it. But yeah. I mean, I don't really know what it was like growing up back then, right. like when, when that movie was supposed to be taking place. But right. I mean, I feel like when I was growing up, there was a really like good scene. Like a lot of people, like it wasn't like crazy punk rock, like break bottles over people's heads and beat up hillbillies and and stuff like that. But like, (laughs) uh, I mean, I guess I started drinking when I was pretty young, hanging out with punk rock crowd and stuff. Yeah. But, uh, uh, I, they kind of exaggerated it like they would any movie. Sure. But yeah, it's. I, I always get asked that. Like, is it like SLC Punk there? And, <laughs> like, no.
0: Yeah, it's a documentary. Actually, I don't know if you saw. But... <laughs> <laughs> so
1: what? Where... It's not really like that, but it's. Yeah, it's that's a good place, man.
0: Where does um? How how does music start for you? Where does how it do come they at- start? Where where do you start in, in your life in music? How or how young and what are the what are the circumstances?
1: Um well, my brother when I was growing up, he was always super into music and that's where I really started because he he played guitar. He he got like this Gibson Les Paul studio when I was like super little and he was playing it and he wanted to be a singer, he wanted to be like Trent Reznor. He liked nice long black hair, he'd wear like fishnets and stuff. And I was like, "Whoa, this is creepy. Like, and then I was like, <clears throat> hear the music that he was listening to. I mean, like earlier it was like, like Alice in Chains, like yeah. Pearl Jam, like all that grunge stuff and Nirvana. And uh it was, it was like kind of like a, like, that was like the grunge era. But then he like started listening to things like Tool and Nine Inch Nails and And Marilyn Manson and I was like I was super I remember sitting in my room and hearing him listen to Nine Inch Nails and just being kind of scared like (laughs) I was like this is the creepiest thing I've ever heard in my life sure and so like I wanted to I wanted to start playing music and he got a keyboard and you know I would like diddle around on guitar the first the first instrument I ever got was a guitar and I sort of I played it for a little bit and it it was just kind of I wasn't getting it that much like i could pick up like how to play like silver chair songs you know like the easiest frog
0: stomps not a bad place to start yeah that was
1: actually the first riff off that record was the first riff i ever learned how to play (laughs) The (laughs) it
0: I think mine was smoke on the water. So I think I got to give props to you. Oh,
1: yeah. (laughs) Um, But then I I got a guitar in fifth grade. My mom bought me a guitar for Christmas. And then in sixth grade, I was like, I really want to play drums. Like, I think I could do good at drums. And I just picked it up way faster than guitar.
0: Hmm.
1: So I would would always act like I was sick so I didn't have to go to school. And then when everybody left, I would just go in the basement, <laughs> that's awesome. drums all day, and just like crank up like different records I was into, and yeah. you know, just try to play along. And then uh, my neighbor ended up playing guitar, so we started a band, and we were like super new metal. What we was were, that like... band called? <laughs> the band was called Riot Dogs. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's great.
1: And dogs spelled like. D A W G S. Well, sure. How else would it be spelled? (laughs) And then, uh, yeah, me and him started a band and he's like, Hey, I know these people from school and, uh, we would go, there was a train, uh, tracks right by my house, like in my backyard and we would meet them on the train tracks and they would bring like a karaoke machine Mm -hmm. to sing through. And like, we would like hook up just anything we had to play out of and, uh, just make a bunch of noise and in my, my mom's front room and then we'd like hook up like her stereo somehow to the vocals so it was really loud <laughs> and then we would just like play corn covers of course Actually <laughs> and uh yeah we were we, we wanted to be corn and then uh and then my other friends that i i had grown up with um we started a like a punk rock band, and we were called Life over Law, which is still a cool name i think that's, I was gonna say that's not a bad name life over Law like for being like you know like fourteen years sure. old or something like
0: definitely worse names
1: but uh and then we actually i I recorded my first uh i guess e p with riot dogs when i was when I was in eighth grade. Yeah, it was in eighth grade. And then uh I mean it, it was like <laughs> we we sounded just, just like corn. Like everybody that heard it was like Dude, you sound just like Jonathan Davis, like to my singer and like we we had seven strings, like we bought like the first seven strings that nice. ever came in. It was like uh, they're like two hundred dollars these days, but back then they were like sixteen hundred dollars, seventeen hundred dollars and like <laughs> And we had to, like, special order them. And right. And I remember, like, the first time, like, them bringing them back and, like, opening up the case. And it was just, like, that brand-new smell. And I was just like, no way. <laughs> like, we're going to be so heavy.
0: Was it an Ibanez? Yeah. I was going to say, that it had to be an Ibanez at that time.
1: <laughs> and, uh, where, where was I going with this, uh? Yeah. Anyways, we sounded like corn. We we got the seven strings like corn. We wanted to be like them. I I had like a huge drum set.
0: Hmm. And uh, do you have a Gibraltar rack with that drum set? Yes, I did. (laughs) (laughs) Did I did too. I did too, man. This is like so. I mean, this is not the exact same trajectory as me, but so many of similarities going on. It's great. So I can like I can I can say the things before you're gonna say them. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean. I guess all drummers went through that phase. Sure, dude, we need to have a huge drum set. Right, that's how you like look cool. (laughs) That's
0: how you get famous. How you get signed? Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And so, yeah, I did that for a while. Then I was in that punk rock band. Then I got like really minimalist, and just like two, you know, a sweet ride and another crash cymbal. Sure, just like a three-piece kit, you know, and then uh, yeah I started that punk rock band and eventually it turned into a different band we got a different we got another added another guitar player and it turned into this band called her candane and that was the first band I ever toured with her and uh, well, what was the band name again it's called her candane her candane okay it's a
2: cross
1: uh, that was that was the first band that i had ever toured with and uh i remember uh, telling my brother like dude we're going on tour like it's crazy, like, my singer somehow booked us a two-month tour. Wow. People, like, had no idea who we were, but <laughs> we're just going to go out there for two months and hopefully not die.
0: That's awesome.
1: And uh, <laughs> my brother didn't believe me. He's like, well, you guys aren't going on tour. He's like He just thought <laughs> I was, like, playing around and stuff. Right. And then uh, we we worked at the same place because my mom owned this restaurant. And uh, one one day, my singer came in with, like, a printout of all the places we were playing playing on, on paper and stuff. And I was like, dude, look, I told you like, <laughs> like we're really going on tour. Yeah. And, uh, I think it was like, not that long after I graduated high school, it was like maybe a month, uh, we left and, uh, <laughs> yeah, we were out for a long time, somehow made it back. <laughs> Slept under like the Brooklyn Bridge, like what? <laughs> Slepping like, just slept in random people's houses, played shows in front of like two people. Sure. Played shows in front of nobody one time. <laughs> uh
0: we played that we, show before.
1: Yeah, we <laughs> We got to this bar in uh Kansas City and they're like, Yeah, the place where people play is just keep going straight back. And there was like and there's like 56-year-old dudes just like hanging out at the bar. And it was like every building ab- around it was abandoned and broken down. And I was just like, what is this weird place? And uh, yeah, we ended up playing in front of no one because we booked a show with just us and one other band called The Clarity Process that was from Portland. That's who we were on tour with, we met up with in a... Uh, Nobody knew who we were, but right. we just wanted to, we just wanted to like get out there and try. Right. Like maybe somebody will hear us and maybe the word will spread.
0: That's pretty bold, man. First tour. Like I would think a first tour would be like, all right, let's go do like a week long tour, like two month tour. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we just went for it. Man. I mean, yeah, you got, that's what you got to do. You just got to on the line.
1: We just heard that that's what bands did. So sure. we were like, okay, we're going to do it too. <laughs> So we tried to. I mean, I had to like call my mom and be like, "Mom, can I have some money for your gas? <laughs> we ran out of gas."
0: Yeah, there's no way that you were making <laughs> enough money. Like, I mean, depend. I mean, who knows how you routed it? And you only had short drives if it was two months. But I, I bet there was a couple of long hauls in there.
1: Yeah, I mean, they're all short drives because, and some of the shows ended up being awesome. Yeah, and like we ended up making really good friends and like like lifelong friends that we. That I see like when I go places, you know it's awesome, but it's really it's really crazy how that stuff worked because playing through them is how I meant fear before the March of flames. <laughs> So crazy. And then uh and then actually the guitar player from Clarity Process ended up playing for Fear Before the March of Flames, Binks. Oh Binks. <laughs> and uh That's how I got into Fear Before the March of Flames is because we had played a show with them at this college town in Idaho. I don't even remember where it was, but On uh, that tour? No, it was uh it was like couple years after that oh so
0: you so that band was around for a while
1: yeah okay yeah they were they were around after i left too but okay um yeah i we we played that show and then binks was like dude our drummer just quit like he said this was his last show and i was like dude i would love to be in a band with you like i think that'd be awesome like because you're such a great guitar player and Like Fear Before the March of Flames, like it's cool. They had like all these lights and like all these people, like they were selling tons of merch and their music ruled. And I was like, "Man, I really want that." Like, yeah, I want to be in a band like that. Do you know when that was?
0: Like, what year that was?
1: Um, I think it was two thousand five. So you you'd
0: been with Fear Before for a few years before we toured together yeah okay
1: yeah that was 2005 and then he had quit but s he, he was still going to record the next record and so he recorded the next record and flew out and then when they got home uh they called me and i actually they're like hey we want you to come down this day and i was like "Shit, i have a show that day <laughs> and i was like but i really like if i miss like what if they choose somebody else right for, you know so I immediately bought a ticket to Denver and flew down there and, and tried out. I'd, I'd learn like 15 of their songs and nice, very professional. I, yeah. I'm like two days. I was just like, I need to like, do this. <laughs> like I, like I have to learn all these songs. And like, if I'm going to be like someone they're considering having like a need to like be professional and just sit at my drums all day and learn all, learn all yeah. these songs. So I did that. I flew out. I had to call my singer that's like my best friend and be like, dude, I am out trying out for free before the March of Flames. I'm sorry. I can't play the show today. (laughs) How'd that go? (laughs) Not very good. They hated (laughs) me for a long time. (laughs) They did not like me (sighs) for a while, but now we're, I mean, they understand.
0: Oh, so it's still not all that, not a hundred percent.
1: No, no, <laughs> we're we're good. We're good friends now. Oh, you are okay. I thought you're
0: still saying like
1: we're still like the best of friends, like as, as we were before that. Oh, like, okay. They were just bummed out because right. they wanted that too. You know, they wanted that. Like, I don't know. I guess like to be comfortable and go on tour and right. Like, you know eat food on tour and like <laughs> <you> know, like <laughs> i love that that's
0: that's like a, a successful uh like that's 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 the definition of success on tour you know eat food <laughs> but it's so true eating like just thinking of having like being able to eat three meals a day possibly is like that's it you guys are doing it
1: yeah for real <laughs> <laughs> like dude i'm full this is crazy <laughs> i got I get to play a show now and i'm full
0: <laughs>
1: uh so true but uh yeah you know like i don't know i just wanted that so bad yeah and it's kind of like i feel bad because like i'm like looking back at it like i'm like a, i kind of like betrayed like my original friends that we started doing this with but I don't know. At that time, there was, there was lots of things going on. Like, I just didn't feel like I, I fit in. So I was like, you know, let's go try this out.
0: Well, plus, I mean, like you said, it's, it's a chance for like, like, even though you're feeling bad about it because you're that, those are the friends you grew up with and stuff. It's a chance. I mean, it's like going from the minor leagues to the major leagues. It's a band you like and a band with someone, you know, people in it that you know and like. And so it's, you know, it's, it's not, it's not just that cutting, you know, cut and dry. It's not just like, oh yeah, I'm just going to stay with my local band because that's where my roots are. Cause then you would have, then you could have just been kicking your ass, you know, kicking yourself in the ass for years
1: after that and been like,
0: I could have been playing with them.
1: Yeah. So. It's true. I don't know. I just wanted to take a leap and see what happened. Yeah. And it worked.
0: Well, if it makes you feel any better, the, um, I had a similar situation, not, not Exact. Well, you know, similar twice over because the, so the first band I was in with actually my buddy Matt from Slap Ass, uh, we were in a like a pop punk band called Above Suspicion. And then, I mean, we did that for years. And and then I think junior year of high school. So we did it for like two or three years. And then I think junior, senior high school, somewhere in there, a couple... a different buddy of mine was starting a band with somebody else and they wanted me in that band so I left the first band for that band and that was just like inner high school but it was even just like just as dramatic because that was like I had to still see these friends and like you know get the stink eye and you know hear all the like murmuring and whatnot um and then it happened again because so that band was called musket arm and that was actually the band that adam angers i was in with him and then his brother matt both of them from d-man uh matt eventually joined and then when we were in musket arm we did the same kind of thing happened we talked about making a new band and then we made dr manhattan and then that was another like dramatic high school you know <laughs> small town thing and i mean we didn't start the band in high school we were out but i think matt matt and andrew was definitely in high school matt might have still been in high school so like you know those when you're from even though salt lake city is not you know a small town like when you have those small town net like networks of people and clicks like you know it's 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 literally like that's your whole world and especially if you know all your friends are engrossed or a lot of your good friends are engrossed in music like you're just only gonna it's like the end of the world yeah. for some people
1: <laughs> i mean it is sad because it's like i learned everything from you guys you know like i grew up in like learned how to play music by being shitty and then like evolving into something that's awesome. Right. Right. Like, right. <laughs> it's just like, it is dramatic. Like, but you know, they, they understood. Right. Like after like a year or so of me being in the band, like. And
0: driving they're... around Salt Lake city in a Cadillac and wearing a fur coat. <laughs>
1: <laughs> like, you know, we don't, we don't like talk separately and they're like, dude, I get it. Like yeah. I understand so it, like they were just they were they were butthurt hurt at first because they, that that's what we all wanted right know? but
0: uh and wasn't wasn't the drummer after you was that dan was that yeah because yeah. as you were as we were talking about this i was like why do i know that band name and i think when we toured with an aviate i think we got to talking about the people we knew and then he was like yeah i drum for the band after goose drums i was like jesus man there's so much incest <laughs> i know too many cross paths here
1: yeah, and he's an amazing drummer. Yeah, he's very good. Like I couldn't even believe like how he would just play my stuff exactly like, <laughs> and probably better than I did. Like he's a solid drummer. Yeah, They've,
0: there's some good drinking water out there. Some good drummers that I've come across in the years.
1: Yeah, but then yeah, then that happened, and then uh, the first tour I did with Fear Before the March of Flames, we we toured with norma Jean, and i i was always a fan of ross robinson
2: yeah pretty
1: sure you know i mean at the drive-in glass jaw sure like everything he had done and i had seen that he had recorded the new norma Jean. so i was just like listening to it constantly like i just love the tones and and like the rawness that's in his recordings so i i mean and I mean also Ross Robinson produced corn which was like my first. Like, <laughs> it all comes back when, together man. When, when I was little just like listening to corn like this is so crazy sounding.
0: See they say fate but doesn't I, exist and I think that's bullshit.
1: Yeah. Um <laughs> But yeah, and so I, I was listening to that that record while we were on tour and one day Uh, Their drummer was missing during sound check. Like he like set up his drums and then was just like all of a sudden they couldn't find him and they're like hey we have to sound check. They're like well should we just not sound check today and I was like let's just for fun play a couple songs because I know how to I know how to play these exactly and they're like okay (laughs) let's try it out and then uh,
0: and this was the first tour with Fear before you said
1: yeah and then I ended up playing the song through all the way perfectly and they all just like look back and it's like how did you just do that (laughs) and i was like i just been listening right Just been watching you guys play and just been listening like i know how to play some songs
0: (laughs) i know how to play the drums i don't know if you're aware
1: (laughs) (laughs) and then uh and then yeah after that six years later i was actually i was in a band with john uh that's in Norma Jean now, our bass player in Norma Jean. Uh, I moved out of col from Colorado back to salt Lake. Um, I don't know. I was, I was trying to like keep the band alive via the internet, like sending things back and forth, but it just wasn't. You mean fear before or the band with yeah, the, you? Fear, okay. Fear before. Cause we had, we, we wrote about 20 something songs before oh, I wow. left. Just like, Nobody, nobody was like, had the enthusiasm that me me and Adam did. Like no vocals were getting done. Like
0: Mike, Mike
1: wasn't, I was playing bass over a lot of it. Oh wow. Like everybody was just like too busy doing whatever they were doing. Yeah. Which was not a lot, but, um, so then I was like, dude, I'm going to go back to Salt Lake like I don't know things just weren't going good yeah and uh I thought I would like continue writing with Adam but it just wasn't the same like without him there like physically right
0: right? yeah it's tough
1: and so uh I ended up uh joining this other band called loom that was a bunch of my friends that I'd I'd grew up with Mm -hmm. and uh did that for a couple years with John And then uh, I was like, you know, I need to like, I need to like start a business or something and like try to make some money because I'm growing up. I don't know if this music thing is going to work. Yeah. So my plan was to buy a food cart. I was going to make a vegetarian food cart because there's no like fast food vegetarian place downtown anywhere. Oh, nice. You you can't like just go pick up something really quick if you're a vegetarian. So you know how to cook? Um, a little bit. Nice, a little bit. Um. So my plan was to open a vegetarian food cart, get that going, start up another one, and then open my own restaurant. And uh, I had a girlfriend at the time that was like super backed it, and she was into it, and she wanted to do it too. And uh, and then. Was jumping through all these hoops trying to get my business license trying to get the health department to approve me and all this Mm -hmm. stuff and you know drilling holes in my cart like redoing everything that the health department wanted me to do it was just all the stressful stuff and uh the day after i have got everything approved uh got like the health department my my certificate and everything the day after norma Jean called me and they're like hey uh, we're going to Europe. If you want to come fill in for us also, we want to come try you out for writing. And here's a list of songs that we're, we're going to be practicing and we want you to learn all these. So I was like, okay.
0: And how long did you have to learn?
1: Uh, I think it was like a week.
0: Okay. I thought you were going to be like in tomorrow. No, these songs by tomorrow. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I think it was like a week or a week and a half or something. Okay. So
0: that's not that's not too bad, especially if I mean, I mean, you're busy with this other stuff, so maybe that's not enough time. But if you have the time on your hands, it that's doable. Yeah,
1: so it kind of like I don't know. I uh, I could see it, it like my girlfriend at the time. It kind of like broke her heart because like our things like that we wanted to do, you know, like right. I was like, I'm gonna go be in a band again, like. <laughs> You never understood me because you weren't there through those band years, but uh, <laughs> I didn't want to go do this again. Yeah. And, uh, so I went there. I learned all the songs that they would wanted me to. It was like 16 songs or something, and I knew how to play them better than they did. <laughs> and uh,
0: I think that's typically how that goes a lot of the time. Because if you're in the band, you like, you know, you write these songs, and then eventually, throughout the years, you just kind of like become sloppy or start noodling around or making new parts so then if you have like someone who can sit and listen to the way they're written come in then you're gonna like be on top of the ball
1: yeah i just think uh, like a lot of the songs they hadn't played for so long oh yeah okay. i had like been learning them so i was like fresh on them <laughs> but uh but yeah um we ended up writing like four songs while i was there just nice like the week that i was there and, yeah, they're like, went to Europe, came back. They kept flying me out. We kept writing. And then uh, their bass player uh, quit quit the band. And I was like, I, I have this chemistry with this other dude. He's a really good bass player. And he has a van and trailer. At the time, our, our van had crapped out. So I was like, uh-huh. we could both drive out there in this van. We could try him out if you guys like him. <clears throat> And uh, he ended up fitting in the band really good. Nice. They all they all loved him. And so I got to bring like a close buddy along with me, which is cool.
0: Yeah. Plus a van and trailer package deal.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We still drive that van too.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. And how long ago was that? When did you join Norma Jean?
1: Um, let's see. It was three years ago. Over three years ago. I guess he... End of
2: 2012.
0: Pretty, that's a pretty good little track there man i mean even outside of the the two more well-known bands like that's a i mean you, it it kind of amazes me that you picked up drums like exactly the same way i did like do, so do you know how to read music do you know how to no Yes, yeah, me neither <laughs> i don't know <laughs> if we ever talked about that on tour but i cannot
1: read music at all no i can't i mean i <laughs> I did take like a couple drum lessons, and oh, he okay. like wrote things down for me. I don't know if that's the real way that you're supposed to write music, like the way he was showing me. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't. I never learned how to how to read music.
0: Yeah. And and so it it makes total sense to me when you said that you played with on Norma Jean Soundcheck. That like yeah, you had listened you'd known the band already, you listen to their music and then you watched them on tour. So when you sat down, you're like, yeah, okay, I can play this. Like, 'cause cause that's the same way that I would learn to just listen to it a bunch, watch it happen and then be like, all right, it's just like, you're just going to memorize how that happens.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And even in, even when I was in music class, like in in junior high and high school, like I didn't know how to read music, but our teacher would show it to us once, once through, and then I would just memorize it while he showed me.
0: What what did you what did you play in junior high and high school?
1: Uh, snare drum. Oh, so you played uh, percussion. Yeah, I played snare drum. Uh, and like the jazz kit. He he would just tell me to play whatever I wanted. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's awesome.
1: He's like, just play something over that. And then, like, if I wasn't playing something that he didn't like, he would just like stop and be like, let's do this.
0: Wow. So. So he catered to you. He's just like, you know what? This is how you learn. So this is I'll I'll approach that. He wasn't like, you're playing the wrong way. You must learn this way.
1: Yeah. It was pretty. It's pretty nice of him to do.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Especially in a in a program where like you have a curriculum and you're supposed yeah. to teach these kids a certain way. As long as he knew you were learning something, he's like, all right, that's good. We'll we'll work with you on how you learn. Yeah.
1: It was, I actually was talking about going and and seeing my my music teachers and just being like, hey, look at all these tour passes, look at all the places I've been. <laughs> you should; they'd love it. I think they would think that was cool. Yeah.
0: So what between being in Fear Before and Norma Jean, I mean, sound wise, you know, they're different, but they're they probably be in like the same kind of genre or subgenre of music. Uh-huh. Um, would you say you notice any like? Do, do you feel like you're in a different band, or is it just kind of a similar feel just some different dudes
1: same kind of vibe it's definitely it definitely feels like i'm in a different band yeah like fear before i i mean they had like all these electronic sounds and like right experimented a lot that way with norma Jean, it's like just we're i mean we do that a little bit like here and there but it's not like as heavy yeah but it's it's more just like I don't know. Like the Norma Jean dudes are super good musicians. Yeah. Like they can all, they can all play really good. But, uh, fear before is like more like, how can we like make something that's just super weird sounding? Yeah. Like <laughs> instead of trying to be heavy, they're just like, how can we be weird?
0: Yeah. Like, so fear before is weird and Norma Jean's heavy. That's how you'd
1: describe the difference. I guess so. I don't know. <laughs> That's a pretty description. I mean, fear, fear before is just like so experimental. Yeah. Like, like they they wanted to do things that just made people wonder what, like why they would do that. Like.
0: Well, that was a good that was a good setup for that stay weird tour then because then that was fear before heavy heavy Lolo, low and us three bands that were just like. Trying to out weird one another.
1: <laughs> yeah, <totally. laughs> dude. I actually was going through uh, a bunch of like my. I helped my dad move yesterday. Yeah, and he had like some old boxes of mine that had like shirts in it and stuff, and I found like a whole bunch of heavy, heavy, low, low shirts. And That's just, awesome. Looking back, like reminiscing all those fun tours that we had done, like with you guys, and that was probably one of the funnest tours. When it was, uh, when heavy, we have Lolo and Doctor Manhattan,
0: yeah. When we whenever we get together, we're talking about we talk about like the favorite tours. I think it always comes down to two tours, and it's us doing Warp Tour and then the Stay Weird Tour because those were like two vastly different things and awesome for different reasons. But like the Stay Weird Tour was like exactly what we wanted to do every tour, like play house shows, like be with bands that were funny, and you know just good solid bands that like would challenge us to want to be playing better and be, you know, crazier on stage every night. And like, it was like the perfect tornado of everything we wanted in a tour. I remember we were, we were quite bummed for that tour to end. And we were like, after that, we're like, all right, how do we do this tour again? Like, let's do another stay weird. Like, let's get that going again.
1: Yeah. I was, I remember the last day of tour. I have a picture of it.
0: Oh, I know a picture. <laughs> Is the the one where uh, we're all standing in front of that uh, whatever that venue is, and it's like people in jackets, and someone's in their underwear, and <laughs> I think Chris from Heavy Heavy Lola is just like off to the side. Like <laughs> that's my favorite part of that picture, if that's the picture you're talking about. Yeah, it is. It's like all of us in a group, and then just Chris <laughs> <laughs> off to the side, and it's perfect. Like everyone is like perfectly their personality in that picture. Yeah,
1: I think I. Love... It's... It made have... me tear up when I was leaving. I was like, "Damn it!" I still,
0: like... I framed that picture. I actually have it somewhere in here. I, I added them up and then I adjusted stuff around. But yeah, it's one of my fa absolute favorite, like tour, tour memories, tour pictures. And for and for and for us, fear before and I mean we like it. It was kind of a. Like you said, like a thing where you listen to this band or had some experience with this band earlier in your life, and then it came back around. Like for us, we weren't big Fear Before fans, but the first guy we recorded with our first EP, our buddy Daniel, who reminds me exactly of you, like same temperament, same kind of sense of humor. um, He he loved Fear Before, and he would have it on while we were recording, and he'd show it to us. And I remember when when we'd hang out, he'd be like he'd have the shirt on or talk about him. And so then I remember when we got that tour, like he, he either messaged one of us or like we hung out with him. And he was just like, dude, <laughs> he's like, come on. How weird is this? And we are like, yeah, it's, it's pretty great. One of those weird, like things in a movie, it's like foreshadowing. You hear it in the beginning of the movie. And all of a sudden at the end, you're like, all right, that's too like perfect that that comes along that way. Yeah. <clears throat> and even weirder for the heavy, heavy low thing. Cause that was like, I'd actually heard Fear before. I'd heard I'd heard Heavy Heavy Lolo one time, and we played with we were playing shows in Rockford, Illinois, and bands that we were friends with. Like one of the drummers loved Heavy Heavy Lolo, and it was like the early stuff, so it was even more. It was like less punk and more just you know hardcore stuff. And I think we were hanging out in the van before a show, and he put it on. I was just like, I don't fucking like this at all. Like we were (laughs) we we were so like. Not like if, if, of anyone in the band, I liked more that kind of stuff. But even I was just like not into it. And then when we got the tour, I think we listened to a little bit of them and we were just kind of intrigued, like, I will see how this goes. And then when we had f- started playing shows with both bands and then we started hearing Turtle Nipple and the Toxic Shop, we were like, what? Like, this is perfect. Like, this is yeah. just crazy all out. man." And then what like that? That was the thing Like we <clears throat> I think by the time. By the time we actually toured, I had I'd be started becoming a fan of here before, and I was into the Always Open Mouth, and I really liked that album, and so I at least knew that stuff. And then, um, seeing it live and seeing both those both the bands live, it like it was so awesome because it was like this is this is like a whole other thing; it's a whole other level. And then each night like it, I, it wasn't like we were being competitive for the sake of like i want to be better than that band it was just like oh they were so good now i have to if they if any of them are watching us i have to play that good like yeah that's the that sets the bar for the night
1: yeah dude yeah i remember the first show i think we were was it milwaukee that we met up was oh, that shit the- i don't know i might oh i have
0: I have part of the the tour poster, but it's in like a collage, so it doesn't say the dates, it just has uh, like some of the pictures, so I don't remember what where it started.
1: I'm pretty sure it was Milwaukee. I think that was the first date of the of the tour. And I remember like watching you guys and I was like, Wait, this is the band we're touring with? <laughs> I'm like I'm like, dude, they're like having like costume changes and shit. This is fucking <laughs> sick. Like I'm like, dude, they're just like us. Like <laughs> this rules. Like now, weird stuff on stage and just like just being so fun to watch. Yeah. And like that's the thing about heavy, heavy lolo too, is like right. people don't get it until they see it. And right. Like, oh, this is weird. Like
0: <laughs> Well, I think that tour is like a perfect that's it's perfect summary of that tour, those bands. You don't get it until you see it. Like you can hear it and be like, That's that sounds good to me, but you don't get the full picture until you see yeah. those bands in your face and like. You get that
1: vibe and then yeah. it just like makes the music even better. Yeah. You're like, damn it, that's fucking cool. Like, I don't know. It's just, I don't know. It's great. It's great yeah. hanging out with those kind of people.
0: Yeah. And I I remember, or well, kind of recently I talked to, well, it was probably a couple months ago now, but I talked to Nick Newsham from Gatsby's and he was talking about earlier in the Gatsby days, they tour with Fear Before a bunch. And. He said that (laughs) he told me a story where, like, I guess in those days, uh, Adam and uh, Dave would especially go, like, crazy and, like, try to, like, kick and, like, throw punches at each other just to, like, fuck around with each other. Yeah. And, and, and then... (laughs) (laughs) And <laughs> Nick told me he's like after some show that they played, they were Fear Before was opening. He's like, "Oh, I want to do that." So then he goes up and like kicks Bobby the guitarist, and he's like, "What the fuck, man! Like, don't you ever do that to me?" <laughs> <laughs> and so just hearing that was like was perfect, like was great because I was like, "That sounds like I, I would believe seeing hearing that uh, Adam and Dave or anyone in Fear Before like fucking around with each other like that. that that's exactly the vibe that oh. I I would I would imagine."
1: Here's another weird thing is before, before Binks was in uh, fear before um, my, my band her cat her Dane had played a show with fear before in in Salt Lake it was mm-hmm. actually outside of Salt Lake. But um, that day uh, Hercan Dane got signed like our first record deal after they saw us play with fear before. Oh, nice. But uh, I remember watching fear before and I was just like, dude, and uh, the singer of Anatomy of a of a Ghost, which is now Portugal the Man, right, uh, came up and was like singing with Dave and like Dave was like bending over backwards and screaming and Adam <laughs> was like running around and like jumping off stuff and just like being crazy. And I was just like, dude, what is this? <laughs> like, are they even playing? Yeah. <laughs> like they're just going nuts. <laughs> but it's cool for some reason. I don't know right. why.
0: And that. And, and similarly, like then, so we watch you guys like doing that, having a good light show, like electronic music going along with like so much production value going in. And then Heavy Heavy Lolo going on stage. Rob's like spitting in his hand. Like, uh, you know, uh, Rue is just like, I don't know what his stage presence would be considered. He I remember he told us that, like, he's like, yeah, I saw Fat Mike do it once. So he would just constantly be acting like, the weight of the world was like crippling him, and like be acting like insane, <laughs> and then just, just, just every being able to watch a band and see everyone's different personalities. Like, what was fun on that tour was every night. Like, all right, I'm gonna watch. I'm just gonna watch Goose play and just watch like his mannerisms and stuff. And so then every night you could kind of see like where everyone sat in the band and like how that you know vibe. So it was yeah, it, it it was so much fun just to see all those you know, everyone had a different personality, but in the same ballpark. And it, you know, like I said, it just, I just, I just remember after every show being like, all right, we gotta, we gotta fucking stuff our game up tomorrow. Like we can't, we can't, we gotta really like we were playing just for basically, you know, you two bands. Like we, even if there was nobody there, which I don't think we really had too many shows where they were poorly attended. But even if that would have been the case, we'd have been like, fine, we'll just play for those two bands and we'll have just as much fun anyways. Yeah. Like,
1: exactly that's what I always felt too yeah these guys to think i'm cool <laughs> i don't really care about the crowd right now
0: <laughs> that was like basically our whole uh trajectory of our band was just like you know what we've played to nobody before so you know as long as like the band that's taking us out likes us then cool like we don't want them to hate us so yeah and and i i'm not sh- i don't know if i ever talked to adam about it at some point i want to get him on here but like i think he's the one who got in touch with us about that tour and i think casey showed him us or something so i think that's yeah. like the lineage of how that all came to be but hey it was just so weird like out of the blue getting some kind of email and being like what like is this a is this a joke <laughs> like all right yeah we'll do that tour sure and it ended up being like one of the most fun tours ever for us
1: yeah i remember listening to you guys and just like dude how do they get it to sound? Like I thought the drums sounded so cool. <laughs> like how do you get it to sound that fucking cool? Like I was jealous and I was like, we need to tour with these guys <laughs> tour with them because they're, they're doing something different. Like they don't sound like anyone.
0: Yeah. Well, and it, it warmed my heart too. Cause when you, when you guys came out, so was fear before the first album that you recorded on? Yeah. Was it the only album you recorded on?
1: Yeah. Okay. I, I joined, like, I think I told you before, like, after Brandon, uh, their old drummer, had quit, he recorded the record and then immediately flew out after he was done recording. Okay. And then, yeah, I showed up at their doorstep right after they got home. <laughs>
0: uh, and I remember you telling me, because that tour, Stay Weird tour, you were, that, that was like the tour for that album, and... um I remember you were telling me like you recorded the drums where like Pearl Jam recorded their drums. And I remember being like, dude, yeah. these drums sound so good. They're so huge.
1: Yeah, that room is awesome.
0: What? Do you know what album they recorded? Pearl Jam recorded there?
1: Uh, I don't know. Was it 11? I want to say it was. I want to say it was 10 or whatever.
0: Yeah. 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 Okay. That's that's awesome. Yeah, I, I love the way the drums sound on that album. That the drum the album itself is very you know well done and well produced. But I obviously as a drummer, I'm always looking out for drum tones and stuff. So I love I love the way
1: that sounds on there. Yeah, that yeah that room was awesome. Also, dude the the room that I just recorded in like after I left, I was like tearing up.
0: <laughs> it's like a work of art you'll never get to see again or something.
1: I. Well, we all agreed, like, we have to record there every time now. That's we, awesome. It's not a better studio in the world. Like, it was just, like, so, it's just so crazy to see something, good, something good. that somebody put so much time into right. to just capture a sound. Like, I know. that, like, all the hours I spent and, like, it's all concentrated just towards, like, yeah. capturing a sound in that room. Like, right, right. That's like like a step above anything that I'm, like, steps above anything that I'm doing. Right. That person obviously plays music, but, like, they love it so much that they want to build a room where it's perfect to record a sound in.
0: Well, I'm sure as you, you'll agree that, like, after you record so many different kinds of places and get so many different tones and like you record in a dry room and add tones after like eventually you just get to a point where you just want to go into a room and play in that room and not have to do anything do it you just want it to sound good just straight out of the gate
1: exactly and just don't even mess with it yeah that's how it sounds yeah And it's cool because it's like this person made this like work of art yeah we to record in and make our art in like it's just like that's crazy like and even the place we were staying in, like the way it was set up it was just beautiful like yeah whoever built that house that we were staying in like the architecture was just amazing
0: yeah the pictures look really nice
1: yeah it's it's beautiful i'll I'll have to send you some pictures that you didn't get to see yeah
0: yeah it looked it looked it looked like uh like pictures from like an architecture magazine or something or like, Oh, this is like a, you can come. If you're a rich ass family, you can come rent this cabin for the weekend or something. Like it just looked very, very
1: like modern, very cool. Yeah. It was, it was pretty surreal experience.
0: And that's cool that you guys decided like, yep. Like this is the way we love the way this place feels and it sounds. So let's just keep coming back here. Like you found your place.
1: Yeah. We're definitely not going anywhere else after that. <laughs> and who did who produced that album? Uh this guy named Josh Barber. Okay. He uh he did our last record and uh he's 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 done some some other things, this band called Hands and okay. uh band called War of Ages.
0: Cool. But he did the la- the first album you recorded on?
1: Yeah. That's and we did good. it in like this like really small studio and it it sounds it sounds great it sounds amazing so we're like all right well what can we do if we had this studio right imagine what we could do and it turned out amazing it was it was beautiful
0: yeah i remember seeing like videos of you guys recording that album and it was it did, they would look like a pretty small studio but it sounds it's a it's a big sounding record it's it's the first i i honestly say the first norma Jean album that i like purchased or like actually had interest in listening to since like i don't know probably like their first big one that came out you know years ago
2: Mm -hmm.
0: and the drums sound good man another another good offering by yours
1: it was uh it was kind of hard because the drum room that we recorded in was was pretty small and like the the ceilings were short and like, uh, you know there's like there's just couldn't get a big sound out of there so right what we what we did was we recorded the drums and then took them to this place after because i was like I, I want the drums to sound huge right and like all right i have an idea like let's bring these awesome pa speakers like these like and let's play and and set up mics. Like, in this bigger room. Yeah. Or that room sound, and then put that underneath.
0: That's, that's... You You have recorded before. That's a good little trick.
1: <laughs> yeah. So that's... Otherwise, the drums would have not sounded very big.
0: Yeah. Well, that's just years of uh, band and recording experience pays off. Get that... Get the sound you want. Yeah. So now... So you just got done recording. That was, like, a month long. You said, do you guys have info on that album like do you know anything about when it's coming out or name of it, um, or stuff like that or is that top secret confidential
1: well the cool thing is that we there's no deadline so oh awesome solid state's like giving us like every option that we've asked them like they're, great they're being amazing but uh they're like yeah just whenever whenever you guys decide that you're done mixing and mastering then we can we can set a release date. So, awesome.
0: So that's what's happening now, it's getting mixed?
1: Yeah. We got uh one song back uh a couple of days ago. Awesome. It was kinda like a run through like, hey guys, what does this sound like? And we're like, Okay, kinda fix this and this and he's like, All right, now I'm gonna mix the rest of the record. Okay. And then, and then we're gonna send that back, and then you like tell me all the little fixes and th- volumes and things that need to happen Right. everywhere.
0: So, when when you record drums, like when you're going, well, I guess since this is a producer you've worked with before, you probably don't have to kind of do this every time. But like like our process when we recorded our self-titled, the producer of that album was like, what drums do you like? What albums? And I was like, these albums. Like, is that, do you have like, do you do you like to create the way your drums sound? Or do you kind of like, go, all right, I, I love this band and this band's album. Like, let's try to get it close to that. Like, what is the sounds like usually for you um,
1: the main record that i always reference is uh these arms are snakes tell swallower and dove okay and that's because it has like such a it sounds so real like that you just feel like you're there you right. know but, like but it's like sonically huge too like, okay so that's that's what i always reference my drums never end up sounding how <laughs> i wish they would <laughs> sound <laughs>
0: Interesting thing, man. That 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 concept of you being like, all right, let's do this and then it like if you were to really like compare it toe to toe, you're like, yeah, it doesn't sound anything like this, but I still like the way it sounds.
1: Yeah, I still love the way my drums sound, but it's like not like Yeah. That. I mean, I think it's just like the way that people play, you know.
0: Yeah, that's Make. true. Yeah, it's so many so many different things go into it. It's so hard to like it it's so it it's it's obviously just a jumping off point more so, and you know that producer is different from the producer from the album you like. So it's so many things have to like come you know line up for that to even get close. But it's it's just funny because that's a thing that like yeah when you go into an album, especially with a producer you haven't worked before, you're like all right these are the things I like. like all right cool, I'm gonna make this album sound completely different than what you just <laughs> what things you just showed <laughs> me. <laughs> yeah,
1: well, my producer's like he's like well he's like, that's awesome. We're going to kill that drum sound. We're going to make it sound even
0: better. Yeah. Well, that, that's, that's the way, that's the kind of the mentality you gotta, you gotta have. You're like, I want to, I want to do better than that. I want, I don't want to just meet that expectation. I want to be, you know,
1: I want to impress even more than that. Yeah. I mean, it didn't, yeah, it doesn't sound anything like, <laughs> I was expecting it to, but I, yeah, I'm not like mad about that. Yeah. It's, it sounds amazing.
0: Yeah. It, I, now that I'm however many years removed from recording the albums I've been a part of, like there, I think every song, there's always at least one thing I can pick out in the mix where I'm like, fuck, (laughs) like every time, like, even though it was mixed, like we said at the time, it sounded good. We listened to it on, you know, five different sets of speakers. It's just like, you know, it always comes down to like whatever environment you always listen to music to in your car, like headphones or something like that's when that stuff comes out like a few years later. And I'm like, Ah, man, I hear that thing and I can now I can only focus on that thing.
1: The cool thing is, this record, like, I made sure that that wasn't going to happen yeah. because I sat down with the person that was editing drums. And, okay. Like, I sat down with him and I was like, Stop. Like, this part yeah. right here. Yeah. Like, we need to fix that. Just scoot it just a tiny bit. Like, I don't want to because I don't want to listen to it and be like, Fuck, I wish I could have fixed that.
0: There's, um, on, on Jam Dreams, on that album, we there was a there's a song, it's like less than a minute long, it's called Listen Up, and the beginning drums, like, yeah, yeah, so the way it is on Jam Dreams is not the way that it really is, or like the way that, like, because I think what happened was, I don't remember if it was Casey or one of the other guys that he had working for him, who was doing it, like chopping it up in whatever it is in Pro Tools, drum something, drum detective or some shit, uh-huh. But it wasn't lining up Like the way it was lining up is like well this is the way it lines up And I'm like but that's not the way that I play it Like it's off a little bit purposely Or like it wasn't like bad on purpose It was like I I can't explain it in a way like, I know I, I've
1: yeah. had that happen too
0: Yeah so from now on anytime I listen to it, I'm like god damn it <laughs> <laughs> like that's not the way it's supposed to sound. Cause there was like an extra little space in it. And I'm like that t- for me, anyone else who listens to it, probably fine. No big deal. But like, I know the way that that's supposed to sound and it kills me that it's not the way it's supposed to be.
1: Yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. There was this part on, uh, the hurricane Dana record I recorded on, uh, by Chris Crummit. He like did our first, he did a uh, fear before his first record. Okay. He, he did, a. Uh, her can first record too and there's this part where it's like this song before it ends with drums and then the next song starts with drums and there's like this certain amount of hits and then go into this next song yeah but like they sent me it back and they're like like this and i'm like no it's like this many and then like they send me another one like this I'm like no <laughs> like no it's not like that yeah and then they're like like this and i'm like I mean, I guess that works.
0: Yeah, that's what I mean. Like at some point, you're just like, "Fuck it!" Like I, I, like maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they're hearing it the way it's supposed to be, and you're like, "No, that's not that's not
1: it." Yeah. But, but now it's just like, yeah. Every time I listen to it, I'm like, I remember that being <laughs> such a problem. Like right. We're being so frustrated. Like, fuck. Right. Like I wish I could just get, go over there and show you guys. Right.
0: Like, well, and I think that's the thing too. Is like. Like you, I mean, you wrote the part. You know how it's supposed to sound. They only are hearing it, like, secondhand or objectively. So, like, oh, so this is the way it's supposed to sound. Like, no, like, let me... Yeah, let me bring you into the room, and I'll show you how I play it so you can (laughs) learn. But, like, I mean, it's like you had the rough recording, so that's the way I played it. It wasn't like I fucked that part up. I would have told you to, like, fix that part. But, like, the way we recorded that album was so backwards. Like, we recorded the drums first in Illinois, and then we went to seattle and then like work like produced these songs with chris and casey so like they became other things at that point so like they got chopped and switched around parts and drums and stuff so like i think at that point it was like so many things they got switched and moved it was like it didn't it i don't even know if they were listening to the original recordings i think they were just like (laughs) on a whole other level so
1: that's a weird thing isn't it like when you're listening to something for so long right like all of a sudden you're just like is this sounding like shit is it right <laughs> like you i play that
0: okay? i i relate that to like if you're ever doing graphic design work or just like staring or like typing or looking at something when you start to like type the same word a bunch of times and it start and you start to see the word like deteriorate or like how does that a word like what is this word anymore like i've looked at it for so long <laughs> it, it doesn't make sense it it looks like latin or something yeah, yeah. You, you bury your head too deep in that shit and like yeah, it start like you you start to see like the walls come come off or like the the yeah. wheels fall off. You're like, what am I even doing? Like, I got to get the hell out of here. I got to stop. Yeah, listening to this. Thing. I
1: hate it because I'm like, is this good? Right. Yeah. You know. And then I'm like, I just need to take a break. Yeah. Like, and you come back the next day and you're like, holy shit, that's awesome.
0: <laughs> that's really what you need. And and what's tough about recording albums, you know, a lot of the time is you have tight deadlines or like you know every day in the studio costs this much so you you're kind of forced to make snap decisions because you got to move on to another song and there's no time to really dick around with it and it's it's tough in those situations to to catch every single thing and especially if yeah. you know the situation you're in now you have a supportive label but if you're in a situation with a label that's like expecting something right away yeah you don't have time to like visit and revisit this thing and i mean that the yeah. the thing that I was leaned back on is like the first album. You're right. You have all the time you need for it. You know, you have a hundred years. You have one year. You have as long as you want to take. But the second and following albums, it's like, yeah, that's not the same. Yeah, they're like,
1: hurry. We, we, know, you, we know you guys can do it. Just give it to us and exactly. Like, give me the works. thing. Yeah, not how it works, pal. <laughs>
0: well, it's good that at least. You're in a you're in a good situation with solid state, or like they're supportive and letting you take the time you want yeah. to. Because I'm sure I'm that
1: understand that.
0: Yeah. Have you in past bands? Have you had bad or worse situations? Or have they all been pretty supportive?
1: Like it's m- always been like pretty quick. Like we need to like get it done. Yeah. You know? I've never like had a relaxed.
0: Okay. <laughs> like yeah.
1: Just, like have all the time in the world. Right. But- and the last record we did though was we had a lot of time to record it. We had almost two months in the studio. So okay. the first two weeks was just like pre-production. That's all we did. That's awesome. And we like rewrote the songs and like we'd, you know, we would like record them and then listen to them and like, what if, what if we did this, you know? Like, yeah. But uh, yeah. And then I, even that last record, I did with Norma Jean. We we had so much time in the studio. I was like, "Let's record it." How Dave Grohl recorded <laughs> recorded drums separate. Like
0: oh, like record uh, each like symbol separately from drums and stuff. Yeah, I'm
1: like, let's just try that. Yeah, and, and see what the difference in sound is. And we did it, and there was a I mean, there was like a not too much of a of a difference. Yeah sound wise but I'm like well let's go with a better version like let's just do that yeah and then that took that took forever it took me like almost two weeks to record the record like (laughs) because of that like it's like recording the song three times right you record the song and then you go back through uh take out all the drums and then record the drums to the tracks of okay your symbols and, and everything playing, and then you go back and and take out all the symbols and then record the symbols. Yeah. Separately. So we would get like two or three songs down a day, like like maybe 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 three. If yeah. We're lucky. <laughs> that
0: that probably explains why that's not a technique that lots of engineers use these days.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Our, our uh, the person that was mixing it was so confused. He's like, <laughs> he's like why isn't there any drums bleeding through cymbals? <laughs> I was like, oh, it's because we recorded those separately. He's like, weird. <laughs> but
0: even as an engineer, like, like the second you said Dave Grohl, I knew exactly what you're talking about. Like, and he's recorded a lot of albums, but I knew when you said the way Dave Grohl recorded it, I knew you meant you know Nirvana recording, you know. Symbol separate from drums so it's like i feel like even he would have known like that's even just kind of like lore at this point to like know oh yeah okay that's like that's like the nirvana thing yeah actually i didn't
1: know he did that in nirvana
0: oh did he did he do in foo fighters i thought he did in nirvana
1: i'm not sure maybe he might have i just heard that he did it on the queens of the stone age record that he did oh
0: yeah so i i'm pretty sure on I don't know if it was Nevermind, but I know they're watching one of those like behind the scenes things. They talked about like, it might, it might've even been like before Nirvana. I know it was something that happened earlier in his career that they definitely did. And like, cause I thought that would make it sound the best. And then so that's funny that they, they revisited that and he did it
1: again for another album. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like, I just, I just thought that you would be able to like EQ everything. Better. Right that like and you can right but also you don't get um you can't even tell that i i did it separate
0: oh (laughs) once it's all mixed together you
1: you can't even tell that it's recorded separate but i just thought for like you know like getting the best sounding snare ever and like best toms like we should probably separate it but then there's a lot of tricks that you can't you can't do because like when when toms like bleed into the cymbals or like if you're like trying to like side chain something so like the kick like pokes through for a second like, oh. or like uh, there's just like a lot of like when you compress some like compress the shit out of something like it just doesn't sound the same because the cymbals are a separate recording than right. the drums are like it doesn't work as well like the cymbals and the drums aren't fighting each other like you can't get that same sound so right I was like let's just do it regular yeah this time around
0: (laughs) yeah when we the last thing that we did we recorded a like a five song ep and we did it at this studio that's actually pretty close to where i live now and it's a studio that like is in this guy's backyard and they built it off of like some blueprints that they used or it was like the guy who made r kelly's personal studio or something and So it's like a very pretty studio and has some really cool sounding rooms. And our big thing was like, look, we've never gotten to record live, like all of us in the same room together. And that was what we did for that for, I think, I think we overdubbed some stuff, but like for the most part, like most of the instruments were like all at the same time. And that was like the most fun to not have to always rely on a click and you can see them in the room. And like, if you fuck up, like, it's, I mean, it's the way that it sounds live. It's the way that, you yeah. know, you want that people are going to pretty much see it as. So that, that was, that was a lot of fun doing. That was like a lifelong goal of our band.
1: That's cool. I've, I've always wanted to do that too.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's probably insanely difficult and I can understand why, you know, engineers probably aren't like suggesting right off the bat to do it, but it certainly is, I feel like a better experience for the, the musician than the band. If, if you like recording that way. Some people don't, so.
1: Yeah, and actually, like when I was recording the drums on the last record, they were like in the control room and like just a guitar player was playing along to me, you know?
0: Oh, yeah. That's even that, even just having someone like... like. But
1: after after a while, like after like maybe recording half the songs, I was like, dude, I just want everybody in here. Oh, yeah. Same room as me Yeah. Playing. Because I feel like there's there's a different energy when you're in a room with people. Like, absolutely. It's just I don't I don't know. It sounds like it's more of the band. Like, if, yeah, if everybody's there with you and you're looking at them and you're like, they're like looking at you and you're cueing things with each other and like, it just feels like it feels more real.
0: Yeah. Well, and that's the way you play with the band. You don't, you know, when you're playing a live show, it's not like all the guys are in separate rooms playing like you. That's a vibe that you play off of. That's that's what you do as a band. That's like the most fun part of being in a band is playing together with those
1: people. So, yeah. It just didn't make sense to me after a while. I'm like, "Why am I sitting in here by myself?" Yeah, yeah. I would play. It's
0: it's a different but... way to play. It's not playing the same way as playing in the band, which is the whole reason you play in a band.
1: Yeah, it's, like, I feel like I'm, like, isolated and, like, it's, like, really, like, sterile in here or something. Let's get in here and, like, make some dirty rock and roll. Exactly, yeah. Have everybody in here playing, like, and looking at me and, like, that's, yeah, we ended up doing that for the second half of the record because I was just, like, this is, I don't want to feel alone in here. Right.
0: Well, maybe for, for record number two in, in, uh, in Minnesota, you just go all jump in the same room and just fucking make it loud and nasty and throw shit around the room and just destroy that beautiful cabin.
1: <laughs> it was actually a it was a weird story about that place. It was abandoned. We oh. were the first band to record in there again,
0: really, yeah, so it's not a place that that producer like owns or it's not like
1: no it's a the guy that owned it, uh, he died. And oh, then they geez. were trying to like figure out what to do with it forever. And they wanted to sell it. Like the family wanted to sell it and stuff. And I think it's like one of the, one of his nephews, okay. uh, like, no, we gotta, we gotta keep this place alive. Like we gotta keep it going. Like, this is an amazing studio. You can't just like sell it to like, let's keep it in the family and keep it going. And so he started it back up and, they, like, remodeled it. There was, like, homeless people, like, <laughs>
2: living,
1: li- living in the attic. And there was just, like, a bunch of hippies camping out wow. in the backyard. And, like, like everything was just, like, run down and, Damn. and shitty. And they, like, restored it all to, like, 70s, like, retro, like, just how it was before.
0: <clears throat> well, it looks, yeah, for what you just telling me that, now I, I would have figured that's a studio that's, like, oh, yeah, uh, Muse recording here, like it looks just like a place that like huge bands have gone and like stored themselves
1: away and recorded it, yeah, it should be i mean it yeah. has it has the sound that every bound every band would want you know? right like, it's actually cool, like it's cool that we were the first band that got to come back and record there,
0: and now you guys should sign up sign some deal where you get ten percent of uh, future. Bands recording profits because uh, you're gonna put that place on the map once they hear how good the album sounds.
1: <laughs> That's a cool thing too because we're a, we're the first like heavy band, yeah, that had ever recorded there. <laughs>
0: For a few years now and we were talking about the differences between the two bands just like sonically do you Are there other any other kinds of differences you notice between like types of shows played or fan bases or is it just more so just the the music itself outside of that it's not very different
1: um uh the fans aren't really too much different i mean Norma Jean definitely has more of a following but mm-hmm. so, so like i get like a lot of people coming up to me more and like you know, like, thanking me and, like, saying, you know, you're my favorite band. Like, you got me through these times and stuff. But yeah. that, that happened in Fear Before, just not as much. Yeah. Like, but there are, like, some freak Fear Before fans. Like, Yeah. <laughs> like, I've seen people that have full, like, Fear Before sleeves. Like, people always oh, wow. up to... And people will come out to Norma Jean shows just to see me because they knew I was in Fear Before. And they're like, sure. Really? all their tattoos and stuff. And they're like, dude, you guys need to get back together. (laughs) Like, just please get back together and just make at least one more record. So, I mean, there are like crazy fear before fans, but there's also a ton of, of Norma Jean fans that, yeah, that come up and just like, you know, say that we've changed their lives and stuff. So, Which is awesome.
0: Funny that you mentioned the fear before thing. Do you, have you gotten wind of the fact that they're talking about doing things again? (laughs) Has that come through you?
1: Well, I was encouraging him. I was like, do you need to do the 10 year anniversary? Yeah. Of always open mouth. Like everybody's going to want that. Like, yeah, everybody already wants to see us again. Like, but if you do it, you have to like have everybody that was the original members. Like, yeah for that record. Cause that's what I would want to see if I was, you know, right. Like I want to see the band get back together and have all the original members and play the record all the way through. That's what I would want.
0: So, so that was even on your suggestion. Like you were, you weren't like, Oh, I want to, I want to go and tour that album. You even said like, it's gotta be the original lineup.
1: I mean, I thought about it for a second. <laughs> when they were talking about it when I went to Denver. Yeah. It was like, well, Brandon says that he, wants to play drums. He's like, but but you should play bass. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, I've never played bass on a stage <laughs> in my life except for that one time I played bass for Heavy Heavy Lolo. <laughs> right. I just felt so awkward.
0: Wait, when did but, you play bass for Heavy Heavy Lolo? Uh,
1: it was just one song. Oh, okay. Their, their bass player, they had a fill-in bass player on this tour that we were on. Um, uh. And he had to leave the last day. So, everybody in Fear Before learned two like one or two songs from them oh, okay and I uh, i played a song and i just like felt so awkward like i like i should face the crowd but it feels weird and i don't want to look at them <laughs> so i right. just like stood and looked at chris the whole time and just played <laughs> <laughs> but uh but yeah um they're like you should you should play bass for the reunion tour and i was like I mean, I guess that would be cool, but I've never done that. And then, and then uh, when I started talking to him again about it, this wasn't even that long ago. It was like maybe a couple of weeks ago. I was like, "Dude, I'm like, you guys still talking about doing the reunion show? Because I think you should do it." And uh, and Adam was like, "Yeah." Uh, uh, Mike, they the bass player. Yeah. had been talking about how he wants to do it now. So. Oh, okay. I was like, well, just let me be on the tour or something. Like, let me, <laughs> let me play lights or let me tour manager, let me do something. So I want to, I want to be there and experience that. Yeah. Because I was, I was part of it too. Like, right. even though I wasn't part of that record. I was part of that cycle.
0: Well, right, yeah. Like you said, you didn't record it, but the second it was done, you
1: were in the band. Yeah. So yeah, I've been, I've been encouraging that to happen, but I just don't know. I don't know if it will. I hope it does.
0: Well, so I they were, Adam and Dave were just on Casey Bates's podcast and they were ta- they actually talked about that and they said that they're I mean, I don't know how far it's going, but like that they're talking about doing it at least. Yeah. So.
1: I mean, they've been telling me that they were talking about it, but it just Yeah. It's actually got to put the got to take a step. Yeah. You know?
0: Well, that Imagine if it came full circle and like they started touring again with that lineup, and then Norma Jean and Fear Before toured together.
1: That would be sick.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I would love for that to happen.
0: What is um? So speaking of touring, you what is like a? Is there a typical cycle or a year for Norma Jean for like? do you guys talk about what you want to do or is it just when there's good tours or when you want to go out, you go out or is it like every other month you go out for so many weeks or something?
1: Um, it's really, I mean, we try to, that's how we make most of our money. So we have to keep touring because I mean, my singer has a house to pay for. He has kids, he has a wife, like he needs to, like that's his career. So he needs to like, keep it going. And, uh, so we try to just, you know, plan out a tour to whenever we need to go to work, really. Yeah. <laughs> like, and we uh, we try to we try to bring out like cool bands that will fit us. I yeah. Mean, that are closest to fitting us. That will the, the bring out kids too. We're we're, we're doing a tour with, uh, he is legend. Oh, nice. I don't. I don't think they go out very often. fun guys they're our friends and so we're doing a tour with them and it's really just like we we get offers and we just choose like what we want to do and even sometimes we just choose to like do a two-week tour that we book ourselves yeah and just do it that way you know cut out the middleman right make more money um but yeah we we always we always try to go to europe like once a year. And so we're doing that in the summertime. We're like playing all the festivals down there. And we always do really good in Russia, so we always make it a point to to go over there, even though it's a pain in the ass to get over there. Like the fans there are just insane. So we always try to do that. And then we're trying we always try to go new places. The last time we went to Europe we went to a bunch of different countries I've never been to, been to before. That's awesome. And uh, this year we're going to South Africa. We just got an offer, so.
0: Well, that is incredible. <laughs> yeah. What? How is that? Like, is that a part of that tour? Or is that just a separate thing to go to Africa? It,
1: yeah, it's just a separate thing. Hmm. Is it South Africa or where is it? In South Africa. Wow. And they, they offered us one show five days there, like all those days, like expenses paid. And they want to take us on a safari. So we're like, Why would we? Why would we say no to that? Like that's incredible. But uh, yeah, I'm pretty I'm pretty excited for that. I'm I don't know I don't know if you have to get shots or anything (laughs) over there.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you might want to look into that.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure, but uh, we want to try to play some more shows while we're over there. Besides just the festival, they want us to play. I want to try to like book a little, like maybe two or three more more shows while we're there. That'd be awesome. Yeah,
0: I've heard, I hear it's I hear it's super nice there. So that would be that'll be uh, I'll I'll have to uh, keep an eye on your Instagram and make sure you're
1: uh, taking sweet pictures when you're there. do uh, you know I will? <laughs> I'm going to document that.
0: <laughs> Insert phone hanging up noise here. So at this point in the episode, Goose's phone died and we had almost covered everything we wanted to talk about but since we're at the point where we have a good little cut off we'll just end the episode here we've got an extra little chunk that i'll play next week in the mini episode but for now we'll just end it here and you can check out the rest of it next week thanks for checking out the episode go out to those shows i told you about hopefully see you at one of them otherwise see you next week for our mini episode peace out